to the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares, I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask them how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they gonna say? No? I don't want to see those returns? Where's the money, Lebowski? You're gonna make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive, learn how to push. Show them a 3% return. I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know this. That's it. I'm done. Hello and welcome back to Station Jacks. I'm Tamar Andrew on the board. SP Futures up 10. Exit Futures up 28. Some of this is to do with uh, Walgreens came out. Walgreens. Walmart. Walmart, Walgreens. What's the show of my age? Uh, came out and said uh, uh, they get full year... Revenue is going to increase by four to four and a half percent, unlike uh, Target and uh, Home Depot, which are both down on the year. But you know, they did say that the, uh, I mean, I, I, these numbers. I mean, I don't know, four to four and a half percent. I got to believe their their prices went up at least that. So at least they seem to be keeping pace where the other guys are not. Um, they're talking about uh, adjusted earnings per share between uh, like around six forty versus the six fifteen people thought before. So. 640 uh, goes goes into let me see six, 640 goes into 162 about what let me find out exactly uh, that's pretty damn good for a retailer um, 162 divided by 6.4 25 times earnings for a retailer <laughs> there are times when people would say that was high what, what does Lou say what is what does Professor Lou say about all this um I almost never shop at Walmart I was gonna so say I, I can't imagine you at Walmart you know. Somehow, I can't imagine you at Walmart. I can see well, maybe no, the I Samsung. Mean, I mean, it's just the, the main reason is that there's not one near us here in uh, in Denver. They've got them, obviously. And when I'm up in the mountains, I I, I will say this uh, unashamedly. I'm in Walmart, you know, at least once every time I go up to the mountains because in our this little mountain town near here where our house is uh the walmart literally transformed the cost of living and the uh, the ease of 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 living up in that up in that area because up until the time it came in there you had a safeway and you had a a king supers city market those were the two stores but they were not all inclusive they were expensive and um, you know every, anything else you wanted to get up there you had to go to a if you wanted to go get you know hardware or lawn stuff or whatever you had to go to a specialty store and so any kind of shopping you know consistent shopping that you had to do you had to you had to bounce through you know four or five little places in this in this town and it was it was relatively expensive I mean, it was expensive enough that when I was coming, was coming out, and and inconvenient enough that when I was coming out here, I tried to preposition as much stuff as I could at the house, so I did not have to, not have to do that. Preposition, now, I like that. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, we set the house up when I when I built it. We set the house up so that when I was because we built it when I was living in Chicago, we so that I could walk out of my office at at um you know adams and and whatever canal 
and and walk down the down the street to the orange line take take the L to Midway carrying just my briefcase you know no suitcase no nothing just walk out with my briefcase get on the L go to Midway catch the southwest flight to Denver and and you know rent a car and go straight down there with no bags no nothing walk into the house and not need anything um, it, and that was the way that was the way we set it up and when you do that you 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 preposition um, well, so so let, let everybody know the whole way that you're a lawyer that's right and you're suiting <laughs> suit your uh, lawyer briefcase well I mean it was funny when I would I would arrive I did arrive up there a couple of times right from the office in a suit you know this little mountain little mountain town and yeah did, did I look at a place for for the duration of my time that I was traveling like that yes yes I did um, um, just but, a little you know but anyway but Walmart Walmart when Walmart came in it 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 literally and I'm, I'm not I'm not joking about this it transformed the the uh, sort of ability to to live comfortably up there um, at a reasonable price it, it introduced a whole line of, of products that you just you would have had to have driven to Colorado Springs, which is an hour away, to to pick up, and um, it it just it was a very convenient place. It it altered in some respects in a negative way. It altered the character of this of this community, in the sense that a lot of these mom and pop operations, they had to do what any other small town that had a Walmart come in had to do they they had to adjust their sales they had to adjust their marketing um the the grocery stores because walmart when they came in it was a super walmart with the grocery section and all that the the grocery stores there that the, and they're still operating but they had to they had to change their um you know the, the kind of products they were offering um it it's hilarious to go into one of these little groceries and when I say little I mean you know maybe a, a third the size of, a, of a, a normal store and find you know artisanal cheeses or high-end wine or you know craft beer or whatever um, for sale because that's the niche you can't get that at Walmart this is the niche that that this place now occupies and they're they're doing fine, but that Walmart going into that little town caused everybody, all the retailers, to have to up their game and, and do it and do it in a hurry. Well, in the Midwest, uh, a lot of the smaller towns. I mean, what I noticed, like in Wisconsin and stuff, a lot of that was Kmart. Um, Kmart did a lot of that. Sure. And uh, it, or Target. Mm, well, Kmart. Well, Target used to be what. Uh, what was Target? Target's Dayton Hudson. Yeah, okay, but and they, Dayton, Dayton Hudson was out of Minneapolis. But they really didn't. There really wasn't room for two of those in these towns. So whoever kind of got there first was the place. Correct. In little towns in Wisconsin, when when Kmart went out of business, I don't know. Did Walmart go into all those towns? Somebody must have. Well, either Walmart did, or Target did, or um, you know, Family Dollar came in. You know, under. I mean, if, if you could think of something under Walmart or below Walmart in terms of shopping experience, 
you got you got Family Dollar and, and uh, Dollar Tree. Well, and I, use Sam's like Club, I use Sam's Club a lot. I, well, not a lot because I don't need to buy that much, but uh, like for the office or something. But it, I, I never thought Walmart. I mean, I, I, I buy a lot of food. I like to cook. I cook in the office. Um, I never. I never. Well, yeah, you've got you've got the giant Stocks and Jocks World Headquarters breakfast yeah. buffet to keep. To keep well, when you when you're in a section of the loop for two years, when the place is closed down, <laughs> you better find a way to eat, right? Uh, fortunately, we have a kitchen. Um, but the, uh, I mean, we were we were here eighteen months without any place to get anything. I mean, it, it was you know it was pretty bad. <laughs> uh, and even now, there's only, I don't think there's a breakfast place open in the South Loop area. And the area is still horrible uh, compared to that, other places. That, that's, it. That, that's incredible to me because just literally just south of where you guys are, there was that huge burgeoning shopping center and movie theater. And um, I know because my, my kid used to live there. Um, down, what is it, down 19th Street in that area? Yeah, well, they're still building that, another that, apartment building down by River City, and I, I guess they're full, but I don't know what those people do. I mean, you never see them. You see someone walking to work in the morning, but, I mean, I, why anybody would live there? I, you know, there's nothing to do. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it, it's, well, it, the, the idea, of course, was that it was eventually there was going to be, until you, until you elected, you know, the people you've elected as mayor, um, that, that area was expected to, to grow. Around the University of uh, of Illinois yeah. down there. I well, that, that area's done. Natural. That area's probably done a little bit, right? The um, I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit today. I mean, I'm sure you got stuff to talk about, but it, this whole idea of I don't know changing our our, our culture into stuff and two people got blasted out in front of a funeral home yesterday, like at twelve o'clock in the afternoon. You mean they got shot? Yeah, at a funeral. Oh yeah, it's it's. So the head of the funeral uh, home says it's not just awkward. It's, 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 it's uh, you know, it's uh, plus two guys got shot in the face, and one guy made it to the hospital himself somehow in critical. I, I don't know how he did that, but uh, so they they interview the guy who runs a funeral home. And he's like, yeah, this is happening in Chicago, LA. This is not not something new. It's nothing, you know. It's just the way it is now. What? <laughs> I, this, this whole well, well chief, I mean, I mean, I I remember before I left, I remember. If you wanted, if you wanted to guarantee, you know, a, a gun, a shooting, you you would you watched a funeral. Oh yeah. You know, some some kid, some gangbanger, gets blown away, and and all of his buddies come to the funeral, and they're all they're all packing. Oh yeah. And and so if you're if you want to target that that gang, you attack the funeral. It it, I mean, we're not talking we're. <laughs> We're talking about people with ethical compasses that are—they're uh, not just broken; they're—they're uh, they're vandalized and, well, I don't, and I don't crushed. Know, and I'm curious as to why. I am—I mean, you've known me for a long time. I don't think you've ever—you've ever met a more gentler sort of dude that doesn't want to hurt a soul. I mean, if I could—if I could shoo a fly outside, I'll do that before I swat, swat him. I, why don't people get that there is this this group in society, and it doesn't matter. I mean. It, some areas it's black, some areas it's not. Uh, but they have totally decided that their rules are different than everybody else's, and we, we just can't deal with it. I, why, I mean, this has been going on for centuries in human relationship. There's a few people, always are the bad apples, and you got to deal with it. 
and now we decide we can't deal with it, or we don't, we won't, or something. I, I don't get it. I mean, I, honest, I honestly don't. Where, where has the idea that regular people get to be protected just dropped off the table? I mean, don't these people who got shot at the funeral don't they have any rights? Or the people around them? I mean, I, I just, I, I, well, don't I, I, I mean, I, I think, I think, the stupidest political movement, in, in especially in minority communities was the defund the police thing that pushed out of oh, the yeah. George Floyd the George Floyd move. And you guys you guys there in Chicago and to a lesser extent here in Denver, same thing. I mean, any any major city run by a certain ideological pers- uh, perspective and and I I'm going I'm not going to say Democratic Party because you don't like to hear that. But any city run by this ideological perspective is is going into the tank because these people perceive, the people running these places perceive, and, and, the, and their acolytes and the people around them perceive that the system that they are operating in is, is somehow unfair. And well, the only it, way it, it probably it, is to a certain extent, but it always is. Well, well uh, but, but the, their position is that we throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right, that's the crazy part. The, the the last the last thing you should want if you live in one of those crime ridden communities in Chicago is fewer police, and and the and and yet, it and and it it's not a it's this was not this was not rocket science. It did not take some a a political scientist or or a PhD sociologist to to say if you take the cops off the streets. In neighborhoods with high crime rates, you are going to see a spike in crime. If you take, if you stop police enforcement because of the Ferguson effect, if you stop police enforcement of traffic laws and whatever, you are going to see a spike in deaths and injuries and accidents within that community because of whatever. And so we, we watch this play out. What I find incredibly stupid, even perhaps that was that was incredibly stupid mentality and stupid policy. What I find even incredibly more or more incredibly stupid is the fact that in Chicago, after watching this play out for X number of years, you elect another one of these guys. And you don't elect you don't just elect another Lori Lightfoot. You elect Lori Lightfoot times two. Well no, it's 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 insane. And so, and so, I I don't know what I I had a I had a long talk with a friend here in Denver. Very progressive, um, and we were talking about the homeless situation in in Denver, and and I was contrasting what was happening. Denver has a Denver has a magnificent mile equivalent, a crown jewel of of the city called the 16th Street Mall, which they. Banned all traffic on it, made it a walking area. Well, that's a bad idea. Um, just, just, just saying. Brought in. Well, well, it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea if you are prepared to enforce whatever, you know, loitering, crime, police presence, homelessness. But but it it's turned into a wasteland because the city government will not. And we had we had a an incompetent mayor and I'm, I'm hoping we've got somebody who's a little more realistic now but the city and the same thing happened in Chicago chief with the magnificent mile and with Millennium Park you build these crown jewels of 
you know, attractiveness for your citizens, for tourists, for business, and then you don't protect them. And and the short answer is why, you know, we, we have an element in the population that, you know, is not only interested in hurting people, they're interested in anarchy. Yeah. They vandalize, they break. The thought of a job, the thought of any kind of responsibility of taking care of your kids or anything like that is not even on the is not even and, it, and it's and it's turned into this thing where that's a culture no it's not it's mayhem it, it's not a, it's not a culture and it, it's not something it's not something that to, to, if it produces something it's by accident so so at, in any event you have a mentality that just says we're not you know it's unfair well we also we, have a, that, a police that we department these people off the street we also have a police department that's more than happy to do nothing but well, they're more than happy to do nothing. I mean, from the perspective of a police officer right now... I, I get it, but the, you, you can't... I can't hire five traders and have them go to the bar every morning because it's, it's too dangerous to trade. You might lose money. I mean, that's okay, but I, don't, I, don't punch the I clock. Know. You, you can't... But, but, you know, it's not, just, it's not just that it's a dangerous job. Sure it's it is. that if you, if you take steps to, to deal with violent people who are are you know not afraid of you in the slightest if you take steps to deal with those violent people you could find yourself in in federal jail well, I, in prison I, I don't why don't what is wrong with just regular people in society i mean i, I always look at the the lesser ver- is, adds up into the, the greater which is different than i guess most people think and it causes nothing but chagrin why doesn't anybody look to see every single encounter that involves some sort of lawlessness, be it me getting a speeding ticket or something, which thank God I don't get. Uh, every encounter like that is what would you determine psychologically? It's it's not it's not a date with a new nice girl. It's it's a it's a problem encountered to some degree. It's fraught. It's fraught because the police officer has been is primed and and they have to be. Is primed to suspect danger. Well, not only that, but I'm saying every single one. If one of your most pristine—oh, how can I put this in the same sentence? One of your pristine lawyer buddies gets pulled over for running a stop sign. He's going to be pissed off for whatever reason. The guy in front of me read, uh, ran the stop sign. Why pick me? You pick me because I'm safe. And the guy in front of me looked like he might not be safe. So you, you there's going to be some issue where you don't really like the fact that you just got pulled over. And this is the most innocuous sort of thing. One of your lawyer buddies getting pulled over for a stop sign or whatever or a taillight out. Well, ranch it that up to where the car has now got the, the smoked out windows and maybe a temporary plate or maybe you think the car is stolen. You can't even see in the thing. Well, that's a problem and a, a bigger problem. Or if you say get out of the car and the guy says I won't, or screw you, or something like that, this can exo- at some point. I don't well, think yeah, there's I, ever. I mean, uh, let, there's never let, been an arrest where you say, "Officer, here I'll put my hands behind my back. Would you please put the cuffs on me?" There's there's never been an arrest like that. Why why don't people understand that every one of these things are fraught with some sort of issue? Well, they're 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 fraught they're fraught with with an issue. The immediate reaction of, I, I mean, if you look at these encounters. Where where people get shot, the, invariably it's it's partly the fault of the officer who who is either you know and when I say shot unjustifiably shot. Um, a significant portion of these of these traffic shot, stops where people get shot, 
there there's a good reason they got shot. I mean, you could trace it right back to their conduct, the fact that they were criminals already, you know, with guns or drugs or some other thing going on in the car that that causes them to to go crazy. Um, th- there's there's a lot of of that. The other situ but but the situations where these people are not criminals necessarily, they're just arrogant, they're just belligerent, and the situation escalates. And a lot of them, a lot, a lot of them are force. a lot of them are white. A lot of them are whatever. Yeah. If you look at those situations, they escalate. You know, a, a belligerent a belligerent driver in a situation like that is is an automatic invitation because the cop now has to if you act that way the the police officer's immediate assumption and it's it's not unjustified is that you are either doing something illegal or there's something much more serious than a traffic stop happening here right now and so and so he or she is justified in escalating but if you're so you know what, what I would do I saw actually saw a guy about a month ago a state police guy pulled somebody over get out of the car and he's one man in a squad and I go I would never let that happen mm-hmm. I mean I, I don't understand the lack of coordination I mean in my world my uncle my dad died so young he never taught me much about policing my, my mom would just tell me what he used to say but my uncle said you gotta be coordinated you gotta he said, if, if you pull somebody over on Stevenson or the Ryan there should be enough guys to where you pull them over and you Look at the license plate. You try and find out if it's the, the car that matches the drive the license plate, and you wait. And some other guy pulls in front. Now you've got some help, and there's four guys. Mm-hmm. And if and if you get out, and a couple guys have a billy club or something, well, you're, you're probably not going to have to shoot anybody because nobody's going to go up against four cops with a billy club. Nobody's that stupid unless you're on some kind of drugs. All of a sudden, the whole thing is is fairly calm because you have enough people and you have enough organization to do the thing right. You don't you don't have one guy with a gun drawn walking up to a car that he can't see in it. Loot that's suicide. You go, you go down the window, you, you put the, the window down and the guy makes a move for something you think it's a gun, you blast him, it turns out it's not a gun. What have you just accomplished? Nothing. Because you're not well, organized. I, 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 I agree, but at some point, you know, you don't have the manpower. Well, you, yeah, you, you do. Want the, yeah, you do. If you want the coverage, no, no, not out on these rural Expl- roads. Okay, no, but not, I, well, not that's out on I-55 out in the middle right, of you know, southern Illinois. To me, no, I get it, but well, then you should have two guys. But explain to me how there's there's never a cop anywhere. I just drove home the other night. I had to drive home, but it was out with a client Sunday night, the burb, so I drove home later than usual. Had to, had to be two, three, four guys went by me at 100 miles an hour, and I don't and I don't get the story where if one guy does it, two guys have to follow him. It's like you know, it's like monkey see, monkey do, or something. It's, I mean, it's unbelievable. But the, uh, but by the way, the I mean, it, it could be any nationality. I mean, whatever it is, whenever somebody's getting away with something, we're not we're not, gen- we're not generalizing. No, no. Okay? I, just, I, I just I just watched. If, if you want to if you want to get a feel for what some of this stuff is like, watch. Uh, YouTube's got a whole series of channels on police body cam, and and it's it's very to my mind it's very enlightening to to watch w- what typically happens. When one of these things goes wrong, and and it's it's astounding, you know the cop says, "Look, I got the, the, something." Cops' senses go off. The, the the car looks like it might be stolen. Yeah. The the pe- people in the car are acting weird. Cop says, "Okay, I need you to step That's out." That's when you need more and, than one guy. 
You got to have more than one. Well, or or I need you. I know I need to detain you. I mean, it's it's amazing how fast it how oh, fast but, it escalates. But the the problem I have with this is that nobody wants to be a cop. They don't have the people. Lou, the second there's a problem, there's an accident. There's twenty five not twenty five. There's fifteen squads there out of nowhere. Where are they the rest of the time? It's not like one guy shows up or. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know enough about how that how that's organized. I just know that in a lot of these cases, you know, when the officer is is out by himself or herself, they've got, you know, this is what you got. But you, but you, this, hit. Is, what, this is what you've got on the on the on the ground. But you know what? But you've got a radio. Michael told me uh, this is long ago. He's been dead forever. He, he uh, well, what a spec. We got to go to break here a second, but. What a spectacular car, because he almost was going to buy it afterward, <laughs> but he didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, I'm sitting there, he's a county policeman, he's got the Ford six-cylinder, and all of a sudden they go, arm robbery, suspect in, in red Oldsmobile convertible, blah, blah, blah. He looks out the window and the thing goes by like, God knows yeah, how fast. Right. Like, like, a, like a flash. He goes, well, I pull out, and I go. I said, well, I'm not going to catch this guy, plus how dangerous is that? He wires ahead, he goes a mile down the road, three squads got the guy. We we take him in because it was no no big deal. We we just had three yeah, people. Yeah, it, it's in. not it's not that easy. It's not that easy to organize that. Number one, but number two, if, if you know the guy's armed, then you of course you're going to use a multiple a multiple vehicle. But what response. I'm saying is is there's he says I don't care how fast the car was, it's not faster than the radio. Right? You you don't have to have the I mean, in Chicago. Do you need a high speed chase? You should have a guy every every square mile for God's sake. I I I don't know, but I do know that maneuvering police cars in front of somebody who's trying to get away is not nearly as easy uh, oh, I get as it. Uh, I, I get should it. make it look. I didn't say anything, anything is easy. And, what and I said is you have, to, it, you have to have coordination and, is what I said. I, I, I'm not going to disagree on that. We just had a terrible case here in Colorado, and I know you're looking for a break, in which a kid stole a, stole a police car and took off in the police car. He'd been arrested in the back seat. He manages to maneuver himself around the cuffs and then push, push between the space and the grill, so he could get into the front seat. Steals the police car while he's handcuffed. They put a they put a spike strip down. They finally he's, he's going you know 100 miles an hour through the countryside here in Colorado. They they finally get a spike strip down on the on the road to stop the car. And of course, it it happens. They've pulled a bunch of cars off the off the road to to make you know be safe when they do the spike strip. He hits the spike strip, loses control because he's a moron. And the car goes into a park semi-trailer at about ninety miles an hour. Right. You know, yeah, kills but, him. But that's but that's the injures the. That's the whole issue with this. Let me, when the, the the two knuckleheads I saw going hundred some miles an hour, I'm listening to the radio, and they go, well, on, on Saturday, Sunday morning, I was say Saturday night, some guy's going down the Eisenhower. Now he must have been doing the hundred hundred and ten mile an hour routine. He has to cut between two cars. Of course, misses. Has sideswipes the guy. Then he skids in the next lane, hits a guy, hits another guy, flips over and lands on some poor guy who was who stopped on the side of the road because his car broke down <clears throat> and kills the guy. <clears throat> Every time somebody's doing that, there's a chance somebody else is going to get killed. <clears throat> so Absolutely. You, so, so you got to stop him somehow. You got to. I don't know how you do it, but you got to stop. Him. You you got to make it so that. But but you got but but and and Tom, we are not putting those people in jail. Oh, I, I know it's a, you know we 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 arrest the arrests, you know guys get arrested and they walk. Well, guys, guys, I don't, guys, I don't understand money and they what's walk. My point is, <clears throat> why do we have this problem all of a sudden now with law and order? 
There was a Sun Times expose. We got a break here. We, like we said five minutes ago, Sun Times expose years ago, where people were going into court. It was Maywood or someplace. They were going to court with with suspended licenses, trying to get them, you know, unsuspended. What return would be? The judge would deny it. They'd walk back out in the car, the parking lot, and get in their car and go. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> they never, they never, the, the, the guy, the, the news guy is, is watching the dudes with suspended, suspended license walk into the, essentially the courthouse parking lot, get their car, drive away. I mean, what, what are we doing? <laughs> S&P Futures up 10, S&P Futures up 32. We come back, I want to talk just a hair about the, uh, the piling on in this Trump case. Uh, we'll be right back, Stocks and Jacks. Sure. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. 
But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, and welcome to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Andrew on the board. Market's trying to make a little rally here after a couple of lousy days. The SP futures up uh, 975, call it 10. As they futures up 35, a big mover uh, retailer. Uh, we got Walmart was up 375. Now it's only up 206, but still up. Uh, they actually showed a sales gain uh, year over year where Target and Home Depot did not. So uh, I guess they're kind of winning that battle, and they seem like they really are kicking ass online. So I got to believe that must be coming on the Amazon a little bit. Uh, I think their online stuff is, uh, I mean, I, what I hear, it's, it's pretty darn good. I mean, they're, they're, they're competing very effectively there, and it's, it's sort of showing. Dow Futures up 58. Over in Asia, we have the uh, Nikkei down 140. That's two days in a row for them. That's 0.4%. Hang Seng down two, call that flat. Still 18,326, so no bounce there at all. Shanghai up 13, 0.4%. Uh, so they, they've not been down near as much as the Hang Seng. Hang Seng's been clobbered. The, uh, yesterday, Dow's down 180, S&P down 33, NASDAQ down 156. Lousy day. Same thing, we kind of up in the morning, not bad, not bad. In the afternoon, we just, just drain away. So hopefully today we'll hold to the upside. Uh, the DAX down 95 cents. Let's call that one flat, Andrew. Uh, FTSE down 10.1%. CAC around down 1. Call that one flat. So European markets are Zippo this morning, so they're not giving us any kind of indication. Bond, bond's up 4 basis points, almost 4.3, 4.296. The Bund up four basis points, 2.68. Japan up two to 0.66. So we're just kind of wondering what Japan's going to do. Is it's creeping up? Are they are they going to actually, you know, let it let it go to a point or not? We'll see. I mean, it's pretty interesting if they did. We're all up 74 cents, back up over 80, 80, 12. It was 83 something. I'm going to say last Friday morning. It's been down this week. Brent up 75 cents, 84.20. Natural gas unchanged, 2.58. Arbob down a penny, 2.85. We got gold <clears throat> up 50 cents, 1928. Gold struggling to stay in this mid 1900 area. Silver up a little bit of a bounce, up 27 cents. Uh, that's a 1.2 percent. Copper up four cents, 370. A lot of people were banging the drums for copper yesterday. Eh, I don't know about that one. Um, seems like a lot of this stuff is sort of stuck. Bitcoin, however, is now under 29,000. Would have down 592 this morning. It's two percent, 28,510. Lastly, the U.S. US dollar is. Slightly lower, but almost unchanged. We got the uh, the euro is back to like 109, where it's been, and the British pound's 127. So right around those numbers, not any real big movement there. Andrew, what do you have for us? Traffic, weather, sports. Looks like it's gonna rain or something. Uh, yes, it is. It is uh, currently 6:43 here in Chicago and. August 17th. Starting off with some sports, uh, we had two games yesterday. Uh, we had the Diamondbacks against the Rockies, and the Diamondbacks won 9-7. And we had the Cubs playing the White Sox once again. This time the Cubs won 4-3. And uh, yeah, for some Chicago weather, it's currently 68 degrees. We have currently cloudy skies, but it uh, looks like within the next hour or two, uh, we have about a 20 to 30 percent chance of rain, and it's going to be a bit cooler today. We're only going to have a high of 78, and that's going to hit around 4 p.m. 
And over in Phoenix, they're currently at 86 degrees. They have clear skies. They're still in that excessive heat warning, and they're going to have a high of 110. That's going to hit around 5 p.m. And now finally, for Chicago traffic, uh, looks like no major accidents to report, or construction either, at least nothing new. Uh, looks like if you're coming in on the inbound Kennedy, uh, look out for some delays over there. That's ranging from about Foster Avenue, a little bit all the way to downtown, but uh, that's not too deep in the red just yet. Other than that, I can't really see anything to really look out for. It's a pretty average day out there on the roads. Take that as you will. Take, take that. <laughs> I'd turn back if I were you. Actually, Thursday's kind of the new Friday, so Friday's the day that's a light traffic. So, Lou, uh, just a, a real quick, uh, I'm going to take a shot at your, your fine legal system. Uh, I know that every a couple of weeks when I go down this road, you tell me that there's no such thing as justice in the system. I get it, but uh, I don't know. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm saying that that justice is a desired but not always byproduct of the system. Okay, and, when I, and I'm going to say that the the expense of the system and the ability of the prosecutors, if they if they don't like you or if you happen to just be a bad person, but most of the time seems to be if they like you or not, can throw an amazing amount of other people's money at a case to soothe their egos. Uh, I don't mind this. What's going on with Trump right now I don't want the guy anywhere near the White House. I don't want him near a dog catcher spot. Tell you what, though, there's nobody on earth that can handle the amount of crap they're throwing at him in like five different courtrooms or four different courtrooms, and anybody expected to f- defend themselves with any kind of dough. I mean, well, no, well, let's, no, I mean let's, that's just that let's, is, I don't care. I don't care how guilty this, the guy is. That's from, insane. Look at look at this from this perspective, Tom. You know, there are guys who do stuff that's so bad and illegal that that you don't care how many laws they throw at them because if they did what's alleged then then they they put themselves in that position having said that what's happening with the president president trump and i'm going to start calling him president trump rather than captain underpants because i i what is happening with him is incredibly dangerous for I'm with you. the rest of democracy, I'm for our, our functioning democracy, and and I mean, I, I'm just waiting to see if a Republican Attorney General in in Texas or Florida or you know some other state decides Alabama decides that they are going to sue Joe Biden. They're going to file criminal charges against Joe Biden for. Um, you know, some some manufactured basis, and they're just going to take every public utterance the guy has made in the last you know ten years, and just craft that into a into a lawsuit. the The case there are three three of the four cases running against uh, you know Donald Trump right now are are completely nuts, legally unjustified. And if they are allowed to go through, create huge problems for any political candidate who runs afoul of some prosecutor somewhere. Um, they, they literally are, are uh, criminalizing things that we just didn't criminalize. The Bragg, the Bragg case in New York is, is, is laughable. The, 
the uh, uh, I dumped the other one. Well, the Georgia the, one is supposed Georgia one is the Georgia is supposed to be for tampering. The Georgia the Georgia case the Georgia case is is legally insubstantial. The the Smith case in D.C. Um, is is nuts because because it relies on a on a mental state that they can't they can't possibly prove um, the documents case if they want to push it and and I'm I'm I don't I don't really think the documents case should go anywhere but if they want to push it at least they've got a legal basis to do so and and that you can draw a straight line from Trump's conduct to the liability of question. My problem with the documents case is we have we have at least one, maybe two other presidential candidates who did worse or comparable stuff. Uh, one who actively worked to destroy evidence and and hide it, and nothing happened to those people. Nothing happened to those people. So my question is, why are you going after? You know, a selective prosecution issue on the documents case, but at least that case has a legitimate, understandable legal foundation. The other three are just manufactured out of thin air, and it's so dangerous. I mean, people say, "Well, the law can be the law can be interpreted this way." Yeah, but as a prosecution, from a prosecutor's perspective, you don't you don't want and can't allow prosecutors to come up with novel interpretations that put. You know, for which the average citizen has no notice that they are in fact breaking the law and suddenly find themselves criminalized. The same thing happened to Blago, which is like Blago on steroids. Well, well, with Blago, with Blago, they they criminalized conduct that at least you know you you could draw a straight line from I want you know x amount of, x amount of money in exchange for giving this giving this Senate seat away. That's been done for ambassadorships oh. since the cows were, were came home. And, and and but at least at least it's a crime, you know? It, yeah, it, it but, at least it falls under it falls under a, a crime. But don't you have to get what? the check? Well, and that's and that that's no, you don't. You don't have to it doesn't the deal does not have to be completed if you can show that this thing was was about to happen. And that's I thought that's what they showed. I, look, I, I, I'm not I, trying to defend okay, what, what I, happened with Blago. Right, what I'm saying that, is that was a my, that was a travesty. My, my point is, as being in the business I'm in, and seeing and I do some expert witness stuff, seeing the absolute travesty of the arbitration system, which was supposed to be a way to get around all this, the the, the cost to defend there, the cost of this, and that the people that just push these cases and these lawyers should be whatever. But the idea, I don't, you know. No fan of Blagos. I didn't vote for the guy for governor, whatever. But the idea that you would have a jury that was hung by one person didn't vote to commit or convict, commit, same, what's the difference? Uh, the idea that you out the juror and then decide you're going to have the same jury in the same county, picked in the same county, I don't know how that is anywhere near the America I care about. I mean, if you wanted to pick some people from northern Montana or someplace, knock yourself out at the second trial. But the idea that you you castigated this juror's name all over the paper and then you, you decided you're going to pick a jury out, out of the same pool. And, and by the way, the guy's, out of, he, the guy's broke because of the 
the first prosecution, and now he has to use like a public defender for the second time, or you get contributions from people. Lou, that that's that's worse than being tried. They're not even being tried for God's sake. In my opinion, I mean the effect is the same. I mean the idea that we have because uh, this comes from my industry now. What happens is some of the states they're all looking for money. If there's a, a FINRA case where they come after some firm, a lot of the states now just read the FINRA cases. And if it happens in their state, they pile on because they want to file. They want to find too. I mean, if if Trump did all this stuff, have have one courtroom, well, give him one trial. I mean, was, I'm just talking about logically. Have, you, the guy the guy can't defend himself. What's the number? Could it be 20 different states? Or more importantly, Chief, if it was illegal. I mean, well, I mean, it's not. This is this is what's so weird about this. It. These people are just manufacturing this I, stuff. And so, you know, you're looking at it from the legal point, which I'd, I'd love to hear. But I'm saying from the economic point, no citizen can do that. No, no citizen can defend themselves in five of the courtrooms or 10 or 20 or everybody they're going to put you on at the same time. You, know, you can't come out of that. How do you come out of that? In debtor's prison? Well, and, and of course, of course, this goes back to the whole deep state thing and, and makes it look like this is an orchestrated... Operation, lawfare, uh, coordinated by various members of the Democratic leadership, in conjunction with civic civil servants who are willing to do bidding on behalf of one political party for political ends, which takes us to the song that Kevin sent around the other day and said we ought to be talking about this all week. You know this this guy Oliver, what's his face, Anthony or whatever his name is. Who who's singing "Rich Men North of Richmond," and and I mean it's a pretty straightforward kind of as you know the only country western ballad. But the only real but complaint I have between he's tapping he's he's tapping into the anger over what you're talking about. I the only dip, the only real you and Kevin and I even though we joust all the time have one really kind of major split in our thinking. I think the people who are really in control from the economic side, they don't give a crap whether they're Democrats or Republicans. They use whatever they can use. You think Harold Janine gave a crap if whether, whether the guy, the president, was Republican or Democrat? The head of ITT when he said governments are just to be toyed with? I, I, I think the people who are really, they'll use whoever they can to get to wherever they want to go, and that's where they want to control the place. I don't think they care at all whether they're Democrat or Republican. And when the people are Republican keep blaming the Democrats, the Democrats keep blaming well, Republicans. That song... That song is not is not partisan. He's not he's not that's a class song. Yeah, that's not a that's not a political song. It's a, and it's exactly he's, the same thing that Michael Moore said when when he saw, said Trump was getting elected the first time. He and Michael Moore are on the exact same page. How scary is that? Well, it, it makes it makes perfect sense though because what Trump is tapping into and has tapped into, and what these stupid lawsuits. Or criminal charges are are fanning are a populist fire. He tapped into these this populist discontent on the part of seventy five million people, seventy eight million people who voted for him, who think that, or who at least ag- agree at some level with the fact that there is a power structure operating separate and apart from the democratic controls that our constitution has laid in without, place without question and when and, well, and, and that's what he's tapped no, into let me, and, and what's the difference Lou honestly between 
me and you and Kevin and Russell and everybody coming on the show and saying, uh, you know, we've poured so much money in the system that if anybody were to care to look, if if your grandma had her money in the bank seven years ago, or certainly in 2007, but even three, four years ago, she had a million bucks in the bank, the thing is worth, her money is worth 650 now at best. So we've, we've robbed her of, of at least a third of her buying power. People s- sort of feel it. They don't really know how to articulate it as much as we do because maybe they didn't have the education or something. It's exactly the same as this Beardo guy and, and the uh, and a guitar saying our dollar isn't worth a crap. It's the same thing, yeah, right, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is. I mean, I mean, it. He's tapped into, um, and I'm not going to get to talking about Michael Ower, who I wanted to talk about oh. this morning. He's tapped into the confusion and the and and the the culture that says I don't care about politics. I want to be left alone to have a life, and I can't because you, you guys what told I me, see. You guys told me that this thing in my pocket called the dollar was a storehouse of value, and now it turns out it's not. And you've robbed from me in terms of real stuff. You you notice you can answer this question better than anybody. Well, how many people, thirty years ago, when you were first probably going to Russia, maybe it was earlier than that, how many people over there, their storehouse of value were five or six hundred dollar bills, they, they, U.S. hundred dollar bills they'd managed to stock away? Oh, uh, the, the the Russians kept the Russians kept everything in in hard currency. Yeah. It wasn't so much dollars. They 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 got dollars that they could. They used they had euros. They had marks. They had Swiss francs, whatever, anything but a ruble. But how, but how do you, you think know? they feel about that stuff? When you when you when, uh, you, I, when you sacked your dollar away twenty years ago, it was worth you know five widgets, and now it's worth three. Uh, I I can tell you how how it, how they felt because I was there on the ground walking through a marketplace uh, in in Moscow, watching the store these. these uh, storekeepers and merchants pulling down their their pricing and putting up hand lettered signs because the ruble was falling so fast. When I when I walked out of my hotel, it was something like and I'm I'm just throwing numbers out now. It was something like fifteen hundred rubles to the dollar of the exchange rate in the, in the hotel or at a bank. When I got back to the to the hotel three hours later, it was five thousand to the dollar. And, and and they couldn't. They finally just started just tearing, just tearing their signs down, and not even putting up replacements to change to try to keep pace with how fast the ruble was falling. And and I I watched this play out. And and because I was I I had some rubles with me, but my friends who were who I was shopping with said don't don't even take the rubles out. If you have dollars, we'll shop in dollars. Because at this, given what's happening right now, you know, you you turn over, you buy something for for ten bucks, it, its ruble value is going to double by the time you complete the transaction. It it, it was astounding, and you want to see desperation in people's well, faces. It's, it's the same guys guys who realize they could buy they could buy a gallon of milk when they came to work, and can't buy a gallon of milk when they leave. Well, read read Weimar Republic. Venezuela, yes. Argentina, Turkey. Look at look at Turkey. 
they talk about their inflation rate is 25%. Look at their money supply. It's up 25% in a year. So it's the exact same number. It always is, Lou. Well, and, and, and this is, uh, again, we talk about ideologues. An ideologue is someone who, when confronted with the failure of their policy or their belief system, doubles down on it. Well, and that that's exactly that's exactly what's happening with our with our economy except, right now, and with what I refer to as Bidenomics. Okay, but what what you're, I think we're both missing, and the thing that I I constantly talk about, I mean, to the point of boring myself, it's not even. Some people have really done well with this policy. Oh, yeah. For I'm ta- and I'm, I'm taking the the Trump Biden response to the COVID is an excuse, pouring money into certain people. They both did the same thing. I mean, Trump, I know. Well, I mean, well, they, well, Trump, Trump, Trump did it. Trump did it in a panic. Biden did it in a calculated. Well, he, I'm but they, but he, my players. But he the. The, the way the stuff was I'm written, not excusing yeah. I'm not excusing what Trump did either, but I mean by the PPP the was Trump the the employee yes. retention act is Trump you read those bills I, I I sent you guys the email yesterday I I don't read bills I don't I'm not, I'm not I don't know anything about bills I read the employee retention act I read the first page and I go this was written by a restaurant lobbyist yes I mean it, this is this is incredible <laughs> yeah. that, you know oh no it it was it was it was ridiculous it still and, is. And, People and, are still getting money it, with it. it. Yeah, it, it, it's it's crazy. Uh, I don't want to. Uh, yeah, we got I don't we, want to drag this. No, we got to. You take care. Next week, uh, well, well, we'll talk about um, the stuff you, we left on the table let's because talk about, let's talk about Michael. We'll have some more information. We could talk about Michael Ower and the Tuies next yeah, week. Yeah, we got to talk. We got to talk about uh, Ukraine tour. They won or losing or, or stalemate. Uh, because uh, we don't nobody we don't get that from anybody else but you. SP Futures up ten. Nasdaq up thirty nine. Be right back, Mr. Dan Janitas. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. (laughs) Yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again.
Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708 349 3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. Something happening here. Hello, and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm on the board. SP Futures up 10, NASDAQ Futures up 36. Do we have a professor, the professor of, of fixed income and everything else, Mr. D'Anginitas? Yes. How are you, buddy? Ben, how are you? Um, I'm, I'm, actually, I was worried about you because I'm reading this article here that we're not going to have a recession. We're going to have a rich session for people that... Uh, are allegedly rich, and I'm thinking, God, that's my buddy Dan. I hope, hope he's not going into some kind of a recession. So there. Just <laughs> I would definitely not say rich, but uh, I've, I've, you know, I've been against, I've been against this talk um, of recession for a long time since we actually had a technical recession already. Uh, um, you know, there's a lot of strength in the economy. There's, there's, um, you know, we just saw some really strong retail sales numbers. We saw some really strong industrial production numbers this week. Housing is strong. Um, the Fed's um, comments that came out yesterday were relatively hawkish, and inflation is still an issue. So there's there's no question that um, we'll probably see another rate hike before the end of the year, unless we have uh, some news that comes in that's showing that we've had a substantial decline in either um, the you know in if, in in the um, CPI, or that we've had a substantial increase in in joblessness. So I don't think either of those things are going to happen. There's still a lot of money in the system. The tough thing right now, Chief, is that we're we're trying to figure out what's going on here with the market because the market, the financial, the stock market, for example, is not necessarily following the economy. You know, we saw that nice rally, and then we've seen the sell-off, and um, it seems to be, as we've been saying for a while, very stock-specific. So this is not the environment where you can just buy the S&P and ride it unless you want a market time. Well, speaking of market time, it seems like every afternoon we're pulling a rug out from under the last three, four days. Yes. That's not a good sign. It's not. And there's and, and I think what happens is, you know this, um, we both know this from being in the market so long, is that, but I think it's gotten progressively worse. worse. It's like the snowball effect. So everybody jumps on board one way, and then you have the fear of missing out. And then everybody jumps on board the other way, you know, that greed, that spectrum of greed and fear. And people, you know, fear drives it down and, and greed drives it up. But we're, but we're, um, you know, we need to find some equilibrium, I think. It does involve a little more homework, which is what we do yeah. um, in terms of the companies we invest in. Um, it does involve paying attention every day because if you don't, you're going to miss something very quickly, right? Things are happening how much, very, uh, very fast. How much of the... Everybody's in, everybody's out kind of days. I'm trying to lead a witness here. How much of that you think is 
I'll use the term degradation and market fabric, where people see the orders coming, and if they're all buying, they just get out of the way, and if they're all selling, they get out of the way. But it's not, it's not like having the specialist order book back in the old days when if it was there, no. you got to trade it. I mean, now everybody gets to move it, you know, type of, which is really... Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think we've heard, you know, like the algos, and I think the, you know, the whole, you know, the advent of technology has really changed um, the the flow of funds in our in our world, right, in, in, the, in the financial market. So the... So the, you know, understanding and being up to date on the technology and it's changing so quickly. So we don't have, yeah, it was a lot more transparent for us being in the investment business, the investment management business and on both sides um, than it is today. Uh, But but I will say the, you know, a lot of what is driving the market is very hard for us to get our hands around because one, it's happening very quickly and two, there's a lot of other forces that are being um, amplified by by technology. Well, Dan, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. If we were to choose, let's just say, for instance, for for sake of radio, you're on the side that we're not gonna quote have a recession, and even though we did have one that they didn't admit to, which I think you just said, yes. And I'm gonna say that we've been in one for 22 years for 85 percent of the population, and and that the idea that they put so much money in the system, no matter what you look at, the, whatever number you look at, you can question, you can say, okay. The, the GDP looks good, but by the way, if you, I would say, if you had any kind of, of uh, honesty on the deflator, the GDP number sucks. But my question is, who, who can we get for the, for a referee? I don't know anybody who can actually determine which one of us is right. The, How can the, you? I, I agree with you. I don't think there is one specific person that can do that. I mean, the Federal Reserve is, is supposed to be the, the governing body um, and I don't disagree with, I mean, I think Powell has done the right things in this environment. Um, we have not yet seen the full effects of, of the increase of the increases that we've seen over the last year and a half, but I think they're as close to a referee, but I would not even put them in this. I would not even. How could you, how can you, the, the same guy a year ago where there wasn't even a sniff of inflation and now, I mean, how do the same people that caused the problem solve the problem? Yeah, no, I no, I agree with that. Well, the the, the the thing, Chief, is that they're continuing to create the problem. I mean, the the news, and I don't know if I heard this accurately, but you know, the the payment of the the student loans and the and the additional money going to the Ukraine does not help this situation. I think there are other solutions to help students, and I think there's other solutions. Well, first, I think you know, in terms of the Ukraine issue, we should be taking care of ourselves. I mean, we have a lot of issues going on here with crime that should be addressed first before we start putting funds outside of the country. But those type of additions, if you will, and even the IRA, which was supposed to be to reduce um, inflation, is actually not going to have that effect because pumping more money into the system at this point, when we clearly do have inflation, is not the right thing. There has to be, things have to be in better control. And I totally agree with you. I think part of the issue is we don't have a referee and we don't have leadership that is that is um, doing that. And we have to, what we do is we tend to focus on individual companies. I really believe the leadership in these individual companies makes a big difference. And it doesn't matter what business you own if you have good people at the helm. And that is really where our attention is focused to really find the best in class, um, to find those companies that have good management teams. Today, for example, I'm meeting, I'm doing a, um, a virtual conference. Um, I'm actually here in Palm Beach for a few days, but doing a virtual conference 
one of the companies I'm meeting with is Kelly. If you remember the old Kelly girl, the old oh yeah, amp companies, and that company had a their earnings they reported recently were not good, so there was a sell-off, and we started buying more. Um, I'll be talking with the CEO here this morning, so maybe next week when I'm in Chicago, I can give a little more info on it. But the ticker symbol is K E L Y I mean K E L Y A uh, Kelly, and Kelly is. Um, focused a lot on engineering for example now nursing um, you know not the secretarial or administrative stuff they've done in the past but right now we do need um, help or or companies do need help with finding good talent in those areas so this company is well run um, and we're looking at it from the point of view again we can't control what's going on I wish there was more we could do personally with what's going on in terms of the administration and the spending and all that but we can look at individual stocks and we can look at individual investments. So that's one, one, one of my picks. And another pick, which I've mentioned before, that I think is a very well-run company. Um, the CEO, again, is just top-notch. He's 66. He's already said he'll be around for another seven, you know, six years. Um, and Comfort Systems um, is the company that does HVAC. They do mechanical for commercial buildings okay. and I had I think I had mentioned I had been up in Tampa looking at you know What's the their, hospital uh, their symbol ticker symbol fix f-i-x that's easy yeah and I'm heading back up there uh, the week after next uh, up to St. Pete to their headquarters they actually do um, fabrication and uh, on site but again the point I'm making here to kind of to kind of pivot a little towards individual companies is just that this is a really good management team and the and the, there's a um, employee retention because they're the employees are treated really well. Now I want to give one other example. Now, of, do you, do, well, when you go up there, do you like rent a pickup and say, "When I come out of here, I expect an air conditioner in the back of my truck"? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come and come and fix my house. I still still have some work on my house. No, they only do commercial, oh. and, unfortunately. But um, but they're they're a really good group, and they're they're well treated. The employees and who are predominantly techs are very well treated. Um, but again, it comes from the top, and that's, you know, we we're talking about the administration, but I'm talking now about individual companies. So here's a third example that actually um, is a company I've mentioned in the past, Alamo Group. They make uh, industrial equipment and vegetation equipment, you know, think uh, large lawnmowers for the for the highways and all that, oh, and, really? for, and, really? and for farms. They're based in Texas. The guy that runs it, fantastic. Originally from Chicago, just had a, a really good vision and has done a tremendous job. But chief, the stock is down ten points from like one seventy nine to one sixty nine. What's the what's the symbol? Because no, because the oh, yeah. CEO AL AL what symbol? ALG is the ticker. Okay. And I still think it's a great company. The stock is down because they just the CEO um, they just announced that the CEO is stepping down. So that, to me, was the only risk in this company. You know, besides the macro issues, this is a very well-run company. Um, you know, the infrastructure bill is only going to help them in terms of more industrial equipment. So, but the but here is a situation that's a little unique in that you've got a CEO that really made this business, and now we have to have faith that the, the people replacing him are going to be. Well, that's what. Uh, that's my next question, and this is a, a tough one. Because um, you actually come face to face with these guys. Yes. Does it take 
the way things are shaking out here, and it seems like some places got huge advantages, and God help if you got a government contract or not, or God whatever, if you don't have a government contract, but are, is, it, is it taking really solid, really enlightened management just to stay afloat, or or are those guys really making progress, or are they just staying afloat? Well, world. I wouldn't say necessarily. Oh, these guys are definitely making progress. Okay. I wouldn't necessarily say say just staying afloat. I would say when you're looking at the stock market, here are the winners. Like okay. here are the companies that have what it takes to make it through, and not just looking at what's happening today or what the new. Because we're not tech people, we're not into the that sector or the biotech sector, but we're looking at what's happening in the future. And what's happening in the future is yes. There are there is a lot of funding going to infrastructure companies that are focused on the infrastructure, um, like Comfort Systems, like Alamo Group. But what I'm saying is one step further is just looking at management teams. And yes, they're the ones that just make 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 the difference. I would say that other companies that are having issues, um, very interesting dynamic that some companies are getting bailed out, um, and financing is coming. And this is interesting because. Generally, at this part of the cycle, we're in the contractionary phase. High yield bonds, which is my specialty and expertise, you know, for the last 40 years, they generally the spreads generally start widening. Um, right now, they're continuing to narrow, and that's for two reasons. One reason is that you're getting a lot more yield, so you can buy a, a decent company that's well managed, double B rated, and get eight or nine percent. But the other reason for this is that people are realizing that default rates are still very low and that even those companies who are on the verge of default are getting financing or they're getting bailed out by a private equity firm. So we're not in the same environment that we were, say, after 08 or after the early 90s or any other period where we've seen high yield bonds, we've seen spreads widen out or we've seen defaults, more importantly, increase. Now, some sectors that are seeing defaults, for example, would be in some of the real estate, some very specific real estate um, areas and some finance areas. But but across the board, I would say that there's a lot more money out there still that's looking to invest in these semi-distressed opportunities. So that's going to keep the market afloat. That's going to keep the high yield market afloat um, for some time now. So okay. we don't have the same kind of risks that we've had in past downturns just because of what we originally started talking about, all this money being flooded into the system. Well, Dan, we're, we're looking all week long, actually your name has been bandied about for, this is the fourth day, uh, because the, all the China situation, what was it, the country garden, or whatever, the place, the huge place is going, we're trying to find out who exactly is holding the bag on some of this stuff. I saw something on, on uh, CNBC yesterday, and this is, this is, this is half tongue-in-cheek, cheek, half true, I saw this article. I didn't have a chance to dig through it. It was a list of all the European pe- players that had big exposure in China. So where do I have to find that list here? Do I have to go over to Europe and buy a newspaper? <laughs> I don't, where's the yeah, list? The where's the list here? Times. Well, that's exactly the reason we stay we stay out of of those investments, Tom, because there's not we do not have access to that information. In fact, it's very difficult to get access, say to specific information about the companies. So the, you know, their real estate market has really been um, fragile and it's been declining. And it seems like most of the news we continue to get out that's really big picture news is not been good. 
So I do not, that is a market that we stay away from because we like transparency. And yes, I would agree that probably the, a lot of the investment is coming from Europe. I think some of the investment is coming from the bigger, um, like the BlackRock type companies that want to have some exposure yeah. there. And I also believe some of that investment is coming from private equity and the private markets. However, the transparency is still a huge issue. And I don't understand the culture, and I'm, you well, know, that's, that's a huge I would much rather focus there, there on companies. None. There is I'm none. sorry? It's a huge there issue. Is there is no, none. There, there isn't any. It's, yeah. it's very difficult. So why not invest here in the States where we're getting really good returns, um, and we're getting 5.5% on six-month T-bills, and we're getting 7 8% on double B, high-quality, high-yield, a short-term, you know, eight-month, seven-month. Um, you know, if you get eight percent there, why look to um, to take extra sovereign risk in a country that's not very transparent? So I would say, yeah, continue. I'm just I see better opportunities here, why do and you... I still think we're the leader in the in the financial markets, and I think we can't forget that we cannot put other financial markets on the same oh, level as us because doubt. we've been around longer, and and we're really we're really where it starts. You know, we're really the you know we're the we truly have a, a good system and it's you know although there's a lot of criticism we do have a good economic system and we have a, a good uh, financial market system here when you were you were uh, i really can't say this to you because you get a big head yesterday i was talking uh, about you and saying what dan is unbelievably good at is on the fixed income side it's, i said it's really all this stuff is really very basic just a question of somebody who knows how to do it if a company is going to say i can pay you seven percent on, some, on money you lend me, essentially is the story, right? Yes. If, if Dan shows up and he talks to the people, now Dan's going to have to say, in order for them to pay you seven and for them to stay ahead of the, of the world, they're going to have to make 12, which if, they're, you know, if they have a decent margin and a decent product, and which companies certainly can do. <laughs> In order for them to pay you seven, guess what? they got to make more than seven, duh, right? And what Dan does is... is dig out the people that in his opinion which I really strongly is a good opinion say these guys can do it and that, that I think is the strong part of your game and the stuff that I always but to get from there to how much quote the stock is worth Dan I mean that's, that to me has always been a I mean I look at Walmart today and I, I, I don't usually say a lot of good things about Walmart but I'm surprised at how well they're, they're diving into this uh, online stuff and they are a big competitor to Amazon and these other places now and I Unlike Home Depot, and even if you take the inflation piece off, those guys are actually down on the year revenue, which means they really suck because everything's up, got to be up 10% their pricing. Walmart managed to eke out a, an actual revenue gain year over year. So I think the company is performing pretty well from what I can see. Now, but I look at the price, and it's 160 and I just did the math. That's a 25 times earnings, right. which for a retailer... Dan, in our lifetime, retailers have been 10 and 12, and, yes, and they've been exactly. 30. I, mean, it, there's, uh, I think that, that you're going to say Walmart is going to continue to pay all their bond bills and stuff without any problem, which I would agree. But I have no idea, and I don't know if you do, that all of a sudden one day the world's going to say, man, interest rates at this rate, nobody's paying 25 PE for a retailer. If the stock one day showed up at 100, I'm not so sure. There's been times in your my lifetime we wouldn't say, that's the number. You know, I, yeah. Right. I, I, I I agree with you 100 percent on that, and the and the and the and I look at it a little bit differently. I I agree with looking at old names like Sears and, and the retailers that we knew from past days, 
and to trade up those multiples. But here's the distinction when you're you're an investor looking at price, right? You're trying to make a determination on price. You can look at the fundamentals, and they'll and you're right. Interest rates will have a negative impact on company any company, but a company um, you know some companies in particular, including tech tech companies and the WalMarts of the world as well. But here's what we have to look at when we're looking at valuation is the momentum factor or the factor that's driving it well above the multiple it's trading at. And that is, again, the fear of missing out. That right. is, again, all this extra money that's being thrown into the system that people want to do something with, that they believe they have to invest. And there are good places to invest, and that's why I think being discerning right now makes sense, but I would not be buying Walmart at 25 times. I wouldn't be buying them at 15 times, but that's just, you know, well, that's I'm sort my... of the same way. I mean, if you were to, if you were going to be like Karnak, if anybody remembers who that is, Johnny Carson had put the envelope to his head, and if I would say uh, retailer 160, you'd probably say, let's see, they better be making 12 a year, maybe. Yeah. Maybe they better be sending me a check for four. What? That's not happening. I don't see... How does Walmart? Agreed. How does Walmart double? I mean, how, how could they possibly? Yeah, double? no, I, 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 yeah. There's more upside in other areas, and and again, if if you are looking at areas to invest, the reason I've mentioned a couple of the names that I have, it's actually the same reason with Kelly, with with um, Comfort Systems, and even with Alamo, that I'm a little concerned about the management change. But these are companies that will benefit from the additional funding that that is out there, that it has just started being spent on infrastructure issues. So the municipalities are getting the money, other corporations that, that are in this these industries are getting the money. And I'm hearing that directly from the CEOs. So I would rather put money there than in a you know a discount retailer, for example. I'm not a big retail guy anyways. I don't like retail on the bond side. Um, over the years it has not done well. And so we would always be underweight, say with high yield retail companies, um, over leveraged retail companies have never done well. Same thing with restaurants. But there are sectors, basic materials, there are sectors that tend to do very well, even some of the metals that do well um, as high yield, um, you know, their high yield bonds. So uh, I think what's going to happen here over the next few weeks is we're going to see things kind of treading water. And part of the reason for that is that these are going to, you know, upcoming, you know, last week in August, first week in September, being two of the slowest, if not the slowest weeks in the year for investors taking oh, yeah. time off, um, and even more so than the end of the year, right? Because people are doing end of the year stuff, um, wrapping up their their um, year, maybe trying to do some window dressing at the end of the year. We're not seeing that. But in, in the last two weeks in August, I'm not expecting a lot. In terms of the rate hike, we may see one in September. We're gonna keep looking at the numbers um, that are coming out um, over the next month or so, but it's still you know a month away. So. So there won't be too much, I think, right now. Um, I would really say if you have money, definitely put it in the six-month uh, T-bill and then look at some of these names, whether they be high-yield high names. Um, we talked about Service Properties Trust, um, which uh, has Sinesta Hotels and a little like 7.1% on a seven-month seven bond um, well, so, you know, that matures in March of 24. That's not bad if you get it at that price. The problem is if there's any kind of bid ass spread and you gotta if it's too wide well, you gotta go grab it, then you got a problem. Yeah, but that's the interesting thing is that liquidity has come back really? into the market in the last few weeks. It's because this money is there to bail out some of these semi distressed companies, liquidity has come back and there's still a fair amount of money out there. So 
high yield is seeing more liquidity than it has, you know, over even like the last year. So that's that's why I, I would say I'm still relatively bullish. And if you want to sit on a seven percent or an eight percent coupon or even a five and a half percent coupon for for a month, you know that money compounds. So well, you know we have a couple your, of clients here that since you've been on the air have actually bought a lot of the stuff and a lot of the stuff that we did twelve and eighteen months, you know, a while ago, a lot of that's now. I mean, we're we're getting uh, redeemed redemption, uh, and it yes. worked out fine for everybody. So, yeah, no, ab- yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. and and you know we traded and we do get better pricing because we're, we're on the institutional platform and, and we do trade it. But I but I would say um, you know another name we mentioned was uh, One Main Financial, it was the old um, it was part of City Commercial Credit years ago, and it and because of some of the issues with regional banks, these guys have got more business. They tend to track the you know lower income. Um, but they do provide loans still, and they're almost 100% personal finance. Their bonds that mature in 28, January of 28, are yielding 8.2%. So that's a nice yield for a company that is is solid, that's going to be around for the next few years. One thing that I would also say is, even though we do expect another rate increase, there is going to be a point where we're going to start seeing the bond market recover, meaning... 10 years are going to come down in yield and that will probably happen sometime next year and as that happens that's when you want to start extending your maturity. Why, why, why do you uh, I don't know how much time we go a couple minutes over because we cheated you out of a couple minutes. What uh, why where, where's your I'll use the term where's the termination rate in your mind yeah, so on, on that, inflation? Yeah so on that I think we're getting we're getting close but we're not quite there yet so where we were saying before more like five and a quarter five and a half I think we might be closer to five and three quarters, six. Are you talking about a talking ten year? About, ten, are you talking about the ten year or the six month? No, I'm talking about short rates. All right. So why? What, my my question the, is, if if we agree, I think that the long term inflation rate is, let's say two and a half or three. Let's give these guys some kudos. Why why would the the thirty year the ten year rate ever be below six or five and a half? For, for because, you and I, for you and I to yeah, I mean, it's likely to stay relatively flat. But if they're, you know, with the talk of recession, remember, people buy treasuries for different reasons. Some of it is, yep. they sometimes they buy for yield, but they also sometimes buy for safety. So once the rates get to a certain point, so say the ten year got up to five percent, then people want to lock in that for ten years, right? Because that's that's relatively attractive yield. I, I don't. Tr- we're, that's not the way we operate. We tend to, you know, we're trading and we're making up, op- we're making money on the changes in the yield curve. But there will be a point where it does reach, you know, it does reach rate. It might be five percent. Um, some of it's going to have to do with with uh, the inflation information that we get the next few weeks and the job information that we get the next um, I I hope, mean, the next months. I hope it starts to reflect reality and not the information we get. Totally agree with you on that. I, I hope so as well. But it's unfortunately, I think we have to be able to read through through that and and just know that the good investments that are based on reality are the ones that are going to do well over time. What uh, I've, I've sort of noticed, kind of in a real inflation push in this last couple months, the gas and electric bills, the stuff is just coming through now. It seems to um, me, I mean, at least up here it is. No, it's coming through. It's it's we're you know we're seeing um. I think it's that's very regional. It really depends on where you are, um, and we're definitely seeing higher. You know, we have been seeing higher rates um, on utilities, and again, it, it's it is very um, you know state dependent, geographic region dependent. 
Um, it has to do with the pricing power. It has a lot to do on the utility side with the rate, uh, um, the rate cases that the states have. So each state is a little different, but in general, yeah, I mean, there's there's been an increase already. Um, I think a lot of people, I mean, one very quick last comment is I'm here on the East Coast um, of Florida this week and I had some client visits and I met with an old um, acquaintance who's a cop, at, was a cop in my hometown that decided to retire early here. And um, he has, he bought a property here in, in, in South Florida three years ago and already has to sell it. And the reason, I mean, he's made a ton of money in three years. Reason being is property taxes and insurance. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm crazy. The insurance issue here is probably worse than it is in most parts of the country. But but those are things, those are bills that people on fixed income are struggling to pay at this point. And it's the sign of the times. I mean, they have equity in their homes, but yet their monthly bills are higher. So that's that's the challenge we have. And, and I think the, the solution to that is hopefully we're going to get, um, you know, less spending uh, and a little more focus on trying to control costs. And well, we can we can, we know companies are doing that. Um, we know companies are being smart. Some companies are being smart at that. But we need to have that all across the board. Well, raise might help too. Yes, absolutely. Dan, take care of yourself. Good stuff as usual. Be successful over there. And don't be one of those guys who are like, now they're going to have a hurricane coming from them because last year focused right on you. It? Yeah, no, no, we're 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 um, we're getting through it right now. So by the way, no we'll hurricanes. See. It's it's pretty cool, huh? I mean, the, the, what's it's because of La Nina and the and the sheer something something, and there's no hurricanes. The Saharan dusts that come across that hit the south part of Florida have really kept the rain down on the west coast where I am, the west coast of Florida, and have kept have kept the um, you know any kind of threat of hurricanes down as well. But again, we're not in September and October are the the busy season so we're not even we're not quite there yet so we're but anyways i'll be up there next week so we'll look forward to seeing yes, you guys we'll be, it'll, be, it'll be fun but sp futures up nine as he's up 50 be right back mr john flanagan how much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy do you truly know the odds welcome to luckbox the control freaks guide to life money and probability luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision your brain is smarter than your gut and that's why you owe it to yourself to read luckbox we've made it easy because luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate separates the signal from the noise with timely actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. 
when now it looks like many interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Low and low base, Action Jacks. I'm tomorrow Andrew on the board. SP Futures up now 15. The SP Futures up 72. It's somewhat interesting because when we came in, Walmart was up uh, was up three and a half. Now it's down a buck 40, which they must be doing. Uh, my dancers are might be doing their conference call right now. But uh, uh, in, individual stocks in the Dow. Like I said, Walmart's now down with great earnings. I thought uh, United Health is down 17 bucks, but everything else in the Dow is pretty much up. Except well, Salesforce down 50 cents. Everything else is green. We're trying to have an up day here. Uh, after uh, a bunch of crummy days, and not just not just crummy days. It yesterday felt like we were down a real lot more. Just every 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 attempt at a rally was met by more selling. It just looked looked terrible. Uh, but anyway, we're hanging in there right now. Over in Asia, we got the Nikkei down 140.4 percent. Hang Seng down two. Call that flat. Shanghai up 13.4. So kind of a mixed bag over there. Over in Europe, uh, we're down we're down a little more than we were earlier. Uh, early we were like unchanged, but now DAX down 31.2%, FTSE down 20.3%, CAC around down 17.25%, so moderately down. As a way of review, yesterday, lousy day, Dow down 180, S&P down 33, NASDAQ down 156. Like I say it just degrades every afternoon now, last few days. We'll see if that we can stop that today. Uh, bonds up three basis points to 4.29. The Bund up four basis points, 2.68. Japan up two basis points, 0.654. Uh, oil uh, just got back over 80 bucks. Was down. Eighty dollars no six. It's up 68 cents. Uh, Brent up 66 cents, 84.11. Again, oil was like over 83 dollars a few days ago. Natural gas up a penny, 260. Arbob down uh, unchanged, point, 2.86. We've got gold up a buck now. Uh, wow, rallying gold a dollar, 19.29. Silver however up percent and a half. That's 33 cents, 22.86. Copper up five cents, three seventy. A lot of people were touting copper yesterday. I don't know. Hard to hard to trade copper. Uh, there's only a couple companies you got to go into, but it's people were, were touting it. I don't know why they were. Bitcoin, however, the big hit down two percent here, down six hundred and one dollars, twenty eight thousand five hundred. Lastly, the U.S. dollar uh, up a little bit. I'm sorry, down a little bit, with the pound uh, now back over one point two seven, almost one point two eight. And the euro back over 109, so it's a 0.3% move uh, downward in the dollar today. What do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports, Andrew? All right, it is 7.39 here in Chicago on August 17th. Starting off with some sports, the Diamondbacks played the Rockies yesterday, ending their game in a win, 9-7. And the Cubs played the White Sox once again. This time the Cubs came out on top, 4-3. Uh, currently, for some Chicago weather, it's currently 68 degrees. We got pretty cloudy skies out there. It's pretty dark just looking out our window here, a lot more than usual. Uh, but we're going to have a, looks like a 45% chance of rain in the current hour. Um, and we're going to have a high of 80 today. That's going to hit around 4 p.m. 
Over in Phoenix, they're currently at 89 degrees. They got partly partly cloudy skies. They're gonna have a high of 110, and that's gonna hit around 5 p.m. as well. And finally, for Chicago traffic, a uh, major change between uh, first hour and now. Uh, I think we still know major accidents, however, things are pretty deep in the red. Uh, if you're going inbound or outbound on the Kennedy, expect delays from about Foster Avenue all the way to downtown. Uh, nearly the exact same for Eisenhower. Inbound and outbound, expect delays from First Avenue to downtown. And uh, thankfully, if you're on the Stevenson, that's just the inbound. Uh, but that looks to be about from Harlem Avenue to downtown. Uh, and even same on 94 from West Garfield. I'd turn back if I were you. Yeah, it's, uh, it looks like a rough day today. But uh, that's all I got. Back to Do you. we have Mr. Flanagan? You do, Tom. Good morning. Good morning. And I'm, I'm, I was worried about you here because I see this article here by, here's the name, Jessica Dickler, D-I-C-K-L-E-R. Uh, we've um, quoted some stuff from her before. She writes some good stuff. Well, this is interesting because as recession fears fade, we maybe experience a rich session instead. Here's what that means for you. And I immediately thought of when I think of rich people. Well, that's Mr. Flanagan. <clears throat> How are you doing in this uh, rich session? Well, I just I couldn't be richer, Tom. Huh? <laughs> Isn't that rich? Yeah. I, uh, I, you know, to uh, rather, um, it says layoffs have been largely limited to white-collar jobs while the unemployment rate as a whole remains near 50-year lows. And if I had this young lady on a, on a show, I mean, I wouldn't... By the way, she got some good stuff in here, so I wouldn't give her any crap, I hope. Um, since when are people in white-collar jobs rich? Well, you know... For having had white-collar jobs most of my life, I'd have to say a lot of them are close to rich. <laughs> well, I mean, what floor are we talking about? Are we talking about the top floor, or are we talking about all the other floors leading to the top floor? Tom, doesn't it make you think that at some point some of these you know, business news writers reach a point where they, they're just you know, repeating what's being shoveled at them, and their jobs are on the line if they choose to say something else? Because I, I just don't see how anybody with an, any kind of curiosity or, you know, interest in digging, you know, into the, the things that the average person doesn't have time or expertise to dig into, how you could say some of these things and not know you're just being a megaphone for malarkey. Well, I mean, I would, uh, we went through some stuff and I don't have it in front of me, so I don't want to just talk it off the top of my head about what it takes to afford uh, a median home right now, today. And I'm going to say it's it's in the you know in the mid 100s. I don't think that very few white collar jobs pay there 150 grand a year, 140 grand a year. I mean, we're not talking about the CEO. We're talking about a regular person who's maybe in the marketing department, not blue collar, uh, but they're white collar. But they're essentially how's it was does blue collar white collar make any sense? I mean. Uh, the people who are the marketing people, the people that work in the accounting departments and all those things, they're not. How many of those people are dragging down a buck and a half a year? Nobody. Not right? even in, in white-collar jobs. I mean, take the, the typical lawyer's job. Um, you know, I, I came through the ranks in an era where there were, you know, staff typists, there were stenographers, there were paralegals, there were all, all these levels of, you know, people who did most of the drafting, you know, most of the, the f- phone interface you know, work running interference with clients or higher ups, whatever. Um, and you know, you, you could pretty much, you know, reserve for yourself the jobs that required some kind of thinking or expertise that, that a lot of people below you didn't have and and weren't really trained to do anyway. But now, I mean, lawyers do 
a lot of their own word processing, a lot of their own typing, all you know, worrying about the document assembly, all this stuff. Unless you work for a high-priced you know firm where you've got a fleet of these people, the average lawyer trying to do you know a real estate closing business or anything like that has got to be doing blue-collar tests all day long. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Can't can't think in those terms. And this and then that's just lawyers. You look at almost anybody else, I think it's it's pretty much the same. The distinction isn't meaningful anymore, but it's a useful one because it, it's it enables you to kind of parse out the data that you want to highlight and, and bury the data you don't want people to see. Well the uh when when you look at, at some of the uh employment numbers, it it's it's always interesting to me because I still remember <laughs> I talk about time, a long time ago. I walked into my first economics class like, ever at Notre Dame, and the first thing the professor, the fir- first class said, the one number that is absolutely useless is the unemployment rate. <laughs> he goes, because it's it's trying to figure out whether all the people that aren't working are actually looking for a job or not. So in in effect, if the economy gets better, then people actually get re-enter the workforce, the unemployment rate gets worse, and if people give up. It actually gets better," he said. "So that it is so counterintuitive that the number is basically worth nothing. I mean, I, I mean, I guess if it's three versus twenty-three, I mean, I mean, it, we're, we're much worse off if it's twenty-three than it's three. I get that part because on a, on a monthly or yearly basis, and the I'm looking here at this. Uh, where, where's Carl? He's gonna slap me from from afar. Look at the A1 number here. There's hundred and hundred and two hundred and three point three million people." That are could be in the labor force and aren't. All right, and out of that 103 point something, we've decided 3.5 are officially unemployed. The other 99 million 899 are students retired, disabled, not looking for a job, have exited the labor force. How do we have any idea <laughs> whether whether this number? I'm not saying. The 3.5 is really 20. I mean, I know it's not. It's better than when it was that high. But how do we know that it isn't really 4%, 4.5%? Because the trick they use, if they stop sell, sending you a check, they don't ask anymore whether you're still looking or not. They just take you off that column. Right. So when people say, oh, God, look how low the unemployment rate is, everything must be good, how do you, how do you, even, how do you even say that without that bringing up four other questions in the back of your mind? You, you can't, and you never could make that kind of presumption because there was no, no way to, to, you know, positively identify people who were not in the group that you wanted to burnish and show off by, by saying how many people, you know, were working compared to last month or last year. But, and it's the same thing now with whether new jobs are created or whether people have multiple jobs or part-time jobs that on the, on the whole, you know, are paying less or, and with fewer benefits than ever before. So none of this is, is, you know, translates into the kind of data that people could really get their teeth into and say, "Good God, what are we in right now?" Anyway, what do you call this thing? Uh, it's all, you know, masquerading things that, you know, at some point people, I guess, realize they've been schnookered, and you know, but I don't know what they're going to do about it. Well, that's the thing. What do you do about it? But I mean, you if you can't, look- you if you just get lied to over and over again, um, you know, there's there's very little you could do other than to. You know, just tune it out and, and pretend that you're not hearing it because there's no way to fight it. But if you look at the absolute gross numbers, and uh, from July of 2022 to July of this year, which is 13 months, right, uh, we've actually had 3 million people enter the labor force. 
of those three million people, all three million of them has, have essentially, well, not the same people, but the three million essentially have found a job, and the unemployment versus we don't know what they do uh, column has stayed even. So I'm going to say in the last year, the em- employment picture has gotten better because in in terms of numbers, everybody who's entered the labor force has been able to find a job. Okay? So I, I'm going to say things are better than they were in July of 22, and I, I think you'd probably agree with that. I mean, I mean, just a little bit, you know, but not... But it isn't like the number of people that we don't either unemployed officially or... Un, or it, it went from 103 million five to... 103 million four. Okay, so a little bit better. So yeah, in, in a year. But the idea that this 3.5 percent means all these homeless people, especially the young ones, I don't see them getting counted. Do you? I mean, I, I doubt nope. it. I mean, nope. I, I mean uh, so I mean, it's you, you got to be careful that you don't let these numbers sway your either your investments or your knowledge. You have to because every time you look at something, it, it seems like it pops more questions than it answers. Or is it just me? Well, and it's become such a you know a cudgel to you know beat people up with you know in political you know, in election cycles where you know numbers that are are bad from the get go for for either side of the political spectrum it doesn't really matter but it, it's just it's numbing to have this kind of you know I call it disinformation because I think it's willful it's not that there's been any slip up and they forgot to report something they're reporting what they want people. To believe, and they want you not to read or hear about anything that runs counter to that. And did you read anything about Governor Pritzker's speech at the State Fair yesterday? Oh God, do I want to know? Well, I mean, it's, it's worth looking into because I mean, it pretty much says if you disagree with anything the Democrats are doing, you have no business being in this state and calling yourself an Illinoisan. I mean, it's, it's pretty shocking. Yeah. But he's he's styling himself. Is, is there is, is ever is ever been a guy who's more in love with himself than that dude? Or maybe you know the well, Santas might be. They're, you know what? They're they're cut from the same cloth. They're, they're prima donnas, Tom. Yep. And, you know, I think they've, they've got such an inflated view of themselves. And I use that term specifically with Pritzker in mind. Um, view of themselves, they really are so detached from what what any kind of thinking or feeling person knows that they got have no business whatsoever preaching the way they do. I mean, I I, I put the Santas in somewhat the same group because I think he's really a lightweight. I mean, he's he's tried to style himself as somebody who's not quite Trump, but Trump kind of made him put him on, on the national stage, really. But he won't, you know, step up to the plate and be. He's what supposed people... to be a he's supposed to be a, a brilliant guy. No, well, he's a wonk. Like you know, he's a smart George W. Bush, I guess, which, which is not my idea of a stunning, you know. Well, I but I mean, in terms of the law, they claim he's got like a photographic memory. Is this? I mean, in a lot of I mean, in a skill set. He allegedly yeah, has a lot he's of skills. An Ivy Leaguer. Yeah, he's an Ivy Leaguer elitist, Tom. I mean, but he happens to have styled himself in a state that desperately needs some kind of sanity as as a more rational voice. But he's not the real deal in my book, and I I couldn't vote. Well, how do how do we find a real deal? If if you were the real deal, which is well, might as well talk politics for a second. If you were <laughs> a, a, a you know a, a moderate Republican. Or a moderate Democrat. If you were Adley, Adley Stevenson, Paul Simon, or even uh, Everett Dirksen, and you wanted to run for president today, those are people that I, you know, I thought were, were were pretty solid. Or even a Jerry Ford or something like that. How do you, without losing your sanity, 
how do you attract the Trumpers? And if you're a Democrat who's, I'm going to say, moderate and sane, how do you attract the the extremes in that party without losing your mind and your sanity in the election? How do you how do you how do you attract them, but at the same time change their view just a little bit to where we don't have to be this extreme, we can do this. How do you even do that? I mean, what what could Roosevelt have done that? Could Washington? I mean, I mean, is there even a, is there anybody who can even imagine that could do that? Well, you know, the people who were successful at that, like. Paul Douglas, you know, senator from Illinois back in the 50s and 60s, um, who was, you know, UFC professor of economics. I mean, this, this guy was a, a well, thoughtful, he's a real deal. intelligent, ra- rational person. I mean, th- that's the reason we have truth and lending laws and disclosures today is, I think, because of Paul Douglas. Not solely, but certainly he was behind it. Um, but that kind of, you know, ability to present yourself as somebody who thinks more than other people and isn't, you know, full of himself because he feels that way, but just says, that, let's take a rational approach here. Now, is, there is, is that, no room for that. Is, is, does, on, that does that win today? Does that win today? There's no room for it in campaigning. There's no way you're going to raise money with it or anything else. It's, 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 we've gotten into such a, a knee-jerk, you know, climate where we, we presume the electorate is stupid enough to be led by the stupidest arguments. And then it becomes a race to the bottom, and you get mudslinging like Prisker the other night in Springfield, and you know pretty much everybody else in, in this Trump piling on too. I mean, Prisker said that the Republicans are for demagoguery. You know, well, once you start saying this whole party is composed of demagogues, including the voters, many of whom are paying the bills in the state. Right. Like that, you got. I, you got a. I can't think. Of, I can't think of a bigger demagogue than him. You, you can't. You, you can't run. A state, unless you you really feel like, you know, you've got the kind of power where you can just you know bootjack people into being ashamed of their beliefs, and that has never worked. I mean, it may work in the short term, um, but it, it, this is what it's you know the Democrats playbook now, and you know the, the Republicans are trying to style themselves as not going down that road, and it's it's not enough to well, get but them the, the, but you can't you you can't go the other route where the the real right wing people their entire platform is hating the Democrats. I mean, it doesn't get anywhere either. No, but that's that's what we're being backed into. Yeah, that's what we're into. And, and that, that's... I, I don't see how somebody rational, somebody who actually wants to be in charge, unlike the last two people, I don't think we had a clue who was really running the place. Uh, I, don't, I don't think if you if you buck up against whoever whoever the powers really are, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know how you get anywhere. Tommy, I really have come to the belief that um, it didn't start with Obama, you know, predated Obama, but Obama became the point person for it. It's about, you know, becoming agents of chaos when you get elected to national or even, you know, state level office. It's about running everything into the ground and making people angry at everybody else who they, they perceive as even being slightly different. You know, you can't trust people now, even if they live on your block. To be sane people anymore if they vote for different candidates. This is this is how we've been taught and oh, trained, yeah. and yeah. we just bought right into it. So there is there is no way out at the voting booth to fix that. And I think this is by design. They want people to descend into some kind of chaos where the government will come in and fix it for everybody and employ everybody. And if you want to open a business, you better just go and work for the government and shut up. Well, you can, end, or you end up like Chicago with the with the mayor situation. And I don't know. 
if this is the way it ought to be or not ought to be, where you run, you know, 15 people at mayor, and it, and we're talking about the two people in the runoff, end up with, you know, whatever, in a 80, 90,000 votes, and those are the two people you have to choose between? I mean, it's, I don't know what it was this time, but I know uh, Preckwinkle and Lightfoot, they, what, one got 90 and one got 85,000 votes to get in the... And they're both awful candidates. <laughs> well, but I'm saying it's, we're talking about 3 million people, for God's sake. And, right. and, and that's who's making the, the you know, well, th- this the is, call. Well, this is the strategy too, Tim. This, you know, all this stuff of, you know, the, the two-step election process is a way of, of reducing voter turnout. And you know, it's always about, oh, we got to register more people. We have to, like, get people involved with this. Every step that's taken that direction has made sure that the elections draw fewer and fewer people. Well, sure. P- Pittsburgh is another example of this. you got a mayor there, Ed Ganey, who's, you know, a creature of the SEIU. And to the point where they, they he has just become a spokesperson for that union, just as Brandon Johnson clearly is for the AFT. And the, the unions have gotten behind this idea. We can make our... Um, hang on just a second. I'm getting a call. You can talk for a minute. Let me get rid of this. <laughs> the uh, SB Future is now up 16. I think we're going to make a stab at staying up here today, which uh, I would really like because we actually, uh, for our people, we have, you know, we have everybody protected, but... We actually uh, put some stuff to benefit for an upside move here today, even for one day. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll catch a break and be right. But uh, I think it's time for a little bit of a bounce. We got a little bit of a bounce in uh, the silver and gold, finally. But still, the GDX is under 28. But uh, silver's up 33 cents. So, I mean, there's a little bit of buoyancy in the market this morning. I don't know. We need a couple of days uh, for the bulls to get get their feet uh, back under them because it's been... uh, like I say, the last couple of days, just in terms of the day, we'd be down 20 in the spoos, and all of a sudden we'd run up five or six, and pretty soon we're down 22 again. I mean, it was it seemed like every attempt to buy the dip in the last few days has been met by even more selling. Uh, now that can change. Uh, I thought maybe the Walmart earnings being as good as I thought they were, uh, but now the stock's like unchanged. At least it's not down anymore. But uh, the the big winners have been, and they've been sort of the laggards this year. The big winners have been the healthcare areas, which of course are so inflationary out of control. I don't, I don't know what you do with that. I mean, when you're talking about you know three nights stay in a hospital is as much as the median income for a year. I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, some someday, someday some some president or, or party is going to have to figure out a way to fix that. Uh, you know, so there's you know the education issue. I don't know. Uh, Russell has talked a lot about it more than really anybody else. Actually, I should have mentioned it with Dan because Dan's a little more bullish on the economy than I am. What has to happen if, in I guess, uh, the checks would be due in October, if 43 million people in this country all of a sudden have to write a 286 dollar average check to the government on their student loan? They're screwed. They're yeah, absolutely that's screwed. A, but I mean, in terms of the the overall, uh, you know, what does what does that do? Is that enough to? To pull, does that two hundred eighty-six dollars? It's not going to go some other place. Enough to pull us into recession, where we says we're in one or not. It's hard to imagine, you know, John. You never really know the last little straw that you know that might. I keep worrying about these this Chinese debt. I, I don't know if you listened earlier. Right? I actually saw an article. I should have read through it about the people in Europe most on the hook for Chinese debt. I've yet to see that article here. Do I have to go over there and get it? Well, even worse, Tom. You know the problem with the, with the you know, labor numbers we we're talking about earlier. It's become a situation in China now where they're just not giving information. Period. 
I think the blowback after their last, you know, release of numbers about their young workers and how many of them were, you know, twenty percent of them unemployed or some some ridiculous number. Yeah, these are people who should be in, you know, lots of entry level jobs to go around education, all working in your favor and so on. But if they're not giving you any numbers anymore, be sure they're hiding something catastrophic. And what that catastrophic thing is will only unfold when it's too late to prepare for it. So I'm, I'm just worried that, you know, that kind of clampdown, which the Chinese are really good at, um, one thing they do control, if not their population, they can certainly control information. Well, I would um, say that when the, you don't have information, you know, you don't, you don't have any decision-making skills available to you. Well, your, your, your buddy Pritzker, uh, patting himself on the back for God knows what, I'm going to say that the, from what we hear from Kevin and what's going on in Indiana is the attempt to educate people into some of these blue-collar jobs that have come back here. I don't know. When I talked to my nephew at his place, they just hired a few people. They found some couple guys. I think the guys both came out of the military, you know, which is which is great. Uh, I don't know that they have a a feeder source. I know the a lot of the auto mechanic stuff has a feeder source in Marine Valley. Uh, they have a lot of automotive classes and so forth. I don't know if there's a place where my nephew's firm can just go and say, hey, we need, you know, three of these guys. Uh, by the way, is anybody graduating here that looks good? Or, I don't think we're anywhere close to uh, Indiana in terms of, of trying to educate regular people to just be better next year. I mean, I, I'm not saying Illinois doesn't do any of that. I think we probably do. But I don't know that it's anywhere near as organized or as, or as uh, uh, forthcoming as the stuff in Indiana. I mean, it seems like... A lot of what you're seeing with the the uh, unemployment issue is the jobs don't match the people. Well, the one way you, you do that is education. And maybe you even, uh, if you can talk a big enough firm into hiring 20 people, maybe you have the professors go to the place for two now straight my, my weeks or something. Institution, my, my community college, its enrollment dropped 50% since I retired 10 years ago. And well, it's come back a little bit, but that... that all, I mean, there are such programs around, and there are institutions who would love to have more students enrolled in them. But it, it, the reality is that people are, are turning away not just from university education in huge numbers, but also against the kind of job training that community colleges offer. And that's really upsetting. Well, and I don't see any of it. I mean, Kevin's talked about them going into the high schools in Indiana. I don't see any of the vocational schools, anything here in Chicago, deciding to go back to that sort of a model where you actually did it here. I mean, what you know, do these people get? There paid used for? to be more of that. I mean, there were more dual, dual enrollment students. People who were in their last year of high school could take college credit. Some of it is, you know, English one hundred and one or you know, tech classes or you know, you know, IT or auto. These things were available to, to high I school. I don't see students. any of this coming out no. of the imagination of the it's, current. It's mayor. not growing. It's not growing. No. That's the thing. It's no, and, and that's and that's where a lot of the jobs are, and they're good jobs. Right. You know. Anyway, John, take care of yourself. Uh, I wouldn't go outside right now. It looks like it's raining like Yeah, I'm getting, I was, I was going to shut everything up here because the thunder was drowning you out. Well, the, the guy, big guy upstairs, yeah, the big guy upstairs doesn't like us. SP Futures up 12, <laughs> Nasdaq 59. Maybe the, maybe the, the thunder is being controlled by the administration. Who knows? We'll be, we'll be, back, we'll be back tomorrow. It's Pritzker, stocks it's Pritzker time. It's Pritzker. <laughs> stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. 
offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit hamzianalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.